Hi, this is Carol Summerfield, and you are listening to The Lake Forest Podcast. Welcome to The Lake Forest Podcast, a podcast about the lovely city of Lake Forest, featuring topics like local news, sports, music, people, and food. My name is Pete, and I also live in Lake Forest. We have a sponsor for the show today, Dakota Insurance Group. They've got your back. Why? Because that's what friends are for. Dakota Insurance handles all your residential and commercial insurance needs. Get a quote now at dakotainsurancegroup.com. Scoo is on the road to Cincinnati or doing something. I'm sure he's got a bunch of milk jugs filled with gasoline trying to get there. We wish him well. One of the goals of the podcast is to shed light on uh, local uh, establishments. And today we are joined by Carol Summerfield, Executive Director of the Lake Forest Lake Bluff History Center. Let's chat with Carol and see what's going on at the History Center. Carol, thanks for coming on the show today. So glad to be here. Looking forward to this. Before we get into the History Center, uh, Carol, let's learn a little bit about you first. Where are you from? Are you a Lake Forest person? Do you travel here? What What's your story? How'd you get to Lake Forest? Um, so I actually grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, in the shadow of the University of and oh. uh, fled the minute I got the chance and went to Northwestern <laughs> because if you grow up with the U of M in your backyard, it's not really all that glamorous to go there. <laughs> so went to NU, um, spent four years in Evanston, loved it, did a couple years in New York, did the Peace Corps, and then decided I was coming back to Chicago and not to New York. And ended up in Highland Park about 14 years ago. And then three years, and I work with museums. One of the things I do is help museums sort of figure out who they are and how they communicate. And then three years ago, um, worked with the um, History Center on building out their new center. About a month after they opened, uh, Janice Hack, the 18-year veteran executive director, decided it was time to retire. She had done an amazing job clearing the hurdle of building a new building, getting everything set up. And um, she thought that was a pretty good swan song. So I took over and it's been lovely and fun ever since. Now, before we get into the weeds, uh, we got to give some small business love out there. Where do you like to grab uh, lunch in town? Where are some of your favorite haunts? Anybody we want to give a shout out to? Um, Well, so that gets hard because I live for food. So it would be hard pressed to narrow down. You know, I love sort of the um, pub at the Deer Path Inn. Um, I am a big fan of uh, grabbing sandwiches at any of the local eateries. It's, um, there, there are a lot of things. It's amazing actually the variety that is available in Lake Forest. It's actually one of the best parts of the community. All in walking distance, isn't that awesome? Uh, Love it. Some of the new listeners that come on here, they want to know a little bit about Lake Forest, Lake Bluff. We've recently had Arthur Miller on the show talking about Lake Forest history. Where is the Lake Forest, Lake Bluff History Center in Lake Forest? What does it do? What are the hours? How do you get in there? Somebody just moved in. What do you want to tell them, Carol? All right, so we're at 509 East Deer Path. We did an adaptive reuse of an old church and um, we are on the corner of Deer Path in Washington. The parking lot is behind the building off of Washington. 
Um, we are open actually on demand. If there are hours that we don't have open and you wanna come in, we are happy to open up and let you come through. Um, but usually we're open Tuesday through Thursday afternoons um, and we will be opening up bit more hours um, in June once we open our new exhibit on the history of maps and how maps tell the story of Lake Forest and Lake Bluff. And that'll open the first week in June. The History Center is focused on sort of the sociology of community. One of the things that we decided when we built out the museum is that it needed to be interesting beyond Lake Forest and Lake Bluff. So if I'm just a visitor and I'm coming in for just a weekend, is there a reason to go? And the answer is yes. One of the things that we wanted to do with the narrative is talk about how the Lake Forest and Lake Bluff um, community history is emblematic of a larger national narrative. There are aspects of what we do and what we have been through and how we have grown and changed um, that are just resonant across multiple communities. You know, one of the things that we talk about are the, the growing and the shrinking and the growing of the downtown area, right? Malls come in and all of a sudden nobody's shopping downtown anymore. Malls start to die, all of a sudden we're back. You know, and, and, and people are looking for that sort of vibrant small town um, center. The visitor center has two sections. We have the main exhibit hall, which is permanent. It's got touch screens. There are about 200 some stories in there. And then we have a special exhibit hall, the um, Catherine Bell Hale Gallery, where right now the exhibit is on turning 20 in the 20s. And that was focused on what life was like for a young woman in 1920 and what life is like for a young woman today. And it was driven by looking at the history of Ginevra King. And since you're relatively new, you might not know the F. Scott Fitzgerald connection to Lake Forest. So no. he came in 1917 and fell in love with a young socialite who lived here. And they courted sort of through letters over a course of three years. And eventually she broke his heart and ended it. And it's believed that she is part of the model for Daisy Buchanan. And much of her story has been seen through Fitzgerald's eyes of the spurned lover. And what we wanted to do was take a look at what the reality of her life was in 1920. In 1920, as a woman, if you married, you no longer could have a passport. You were on your husband's passport. You could not travel alone. You could not go into a bank alone. You could not withdraw money. You could not buy property. You could not sell property. If it was not your father, it was your husband. And so choosing a husband was as much a business proposition as it was a love interest. And right or wrong in her rejection of Fitzgerald, part of it was based on the fact that she just didn't know whether or not he would be able to take care of her. And, you know, in hindsight, of course, he was actually quite terrible with money. So, you know, it wasn't that she was far off the mark. And, and we built this exhibit with the idea of looking at what, how has 100 years changed for women? You know, in 1920, you could not marry a foreigner as a woman without losing your American citizenship. And huh. we clearly have come a long way from there. So that exhibit will be up until, the, um, until Memorial Weekend. So if anybody wants to come in and find out more, it's a very fun exhibit. So do you got a call before? Do you got a knock on the door? It looks like a, it was somebody's house before. Uh, well, the house part is actually the archives where we keep all of the materials okay. that we've gathered over the course of the last 50 years on the history of the communities. The church building itself, yeah. which has big mammoth white doors off of Deer Path, okay. is one entrance. But if you go around back and park, actually there are glass doors that are a little more welcoming. 
Um, we would love to be able to change those doors out, but because of their size, it's quite an expensive endeavor, the, the um, big wooden doors. But we are Save open the money. Thursday. And you can come around the back and walk in, or you can, you know, come through the front door. Well, I'm walking the dog all the time. I'd never make it around there. I gotta, you gotta pop to, in. Uh, stop, stop by there, and uh, I'll bring the wife. Let her know how lucky she is. Things haven't changed though. I, I think she checked my bank account before we got married too. So, <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out in post. <laughs> So that's one of the three uh, things I was going to ask you what people wouldn't know about historically, uh, but in Lake Forest, Lake Bluff, any other things that people wouldn't know about, you know, I'm starting to figure out, you know, the Lake Bluff, Lake Forest relationship. Is there anything out there? Do you think we got to clue people in that we, they may not know it may, maybe some of the old timers didn't even know. About Lake Bluff, well, you know, Lake one of the things that is most interesting to students when they come through is we have a topographic map that shows sort of how the region is formed and sort of the depths and the rings. And everybody knows, you know, 10,000 years ago, we're covered by a glacier. But most people assume that the glacier just sort of shrank and eventually disappeared. But it didn't. It would actually shrink and grow and shrink and grow and shrink and grow. So there were points where um, the lake actually went all the way out to basically the boundary of 294. And then it would shrink. And at one point it shrank so much that you could actually walk from Michigan to probably Wamet across the lake bed because it had dried out so much. And that's oh, about wow. 7,000 years ago. And then it pulls back out again. And then you get to about Ridge Road or the edges of, or, or Green Bay Road or the edges of the lake. And then it, it ends up sort of where it is today. And, and one of the things about that sort of swelling and shrinking is that it pushes the land up. And so you get these high ground ridges. And so 10,000 years ago, 7,000 years ago, paleo Indians are following the mastodons into this area on their hunt and they're using those high ground ridges. And then when trappers, hundreds of years later, trappers come in, they start following that. And then when settlers come in, they start um, following the same trail because high ground is dry ground. And um, when kids walk to the junior high, they're using the same path that was used by mastodons 7,000 years ago. Green Bay Road was the ridge line of the lake and that's where the animals walked because they could see what was coming at them. Huh. Yeah, Art, Art was talking about that the uh, the other day. Uh, Green Bay Road, that uh, he called it the Continental Divide, except that it's not uh, Colorado. Okay, see that? <laughs> I was paying attention, Art. I was listening. Okay. So it's stuck. Well, the other thing that's always a fun fact is so mastodons and mammoths are not related to each other, although they look a lot alike. Yeah. And we were mastodon era because they actually preferred the fir trees and they hung right at the edges of the glacier. And then mammoths were down south because they were prairie grazers. You know, sometimes when I'm walking down the street with my dog, I get mistaken for a mastodon, Carol. <laughs> uh. It's the tusks. <laughs> the tusks, that's right. Tuesday, let's go through the hours again so people make sure, because uh, sometimes they got a request to come in, right, Carol? Yeah, you can. So if you, if, so our hours are one to four, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays right now okay. with the map exhibit. And you can always check online lflbhistory.org to find okay. out what our new hours are once we've cleared Memorial Day. But okay. like I said, we will be open on Saturdays. But if you want to come in on a Saturday or Sunday, it's just a phone call away. Got it. Okay. So we got the website. We got the hours. Next question. Who do you think we should bring on the show next, Carol? 
Ooh, um, well, let's see. We've got we've got some interesting projects in the hopper. The latest um, is yeah. actually looking at the history of landscape um, design from a Lake Forest, Lake Love viewpoint. We actually were a huge influence on the prairie style and the idea of maintaining the natural um, uh, plant life. And we're working with Craig Bergman from Craig Bergman okay. Landscape Design, um, who is a lead voice and helping us sort of tell that narrative. Okay, we're going to reach out to him and say, Carol said you got to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Might say he's really busy. It is his busiest season. Let's see. We've got, well, we've got our sister organization, the Lake Bluff Museum. And uh, okay. Kathy O'Hara is an amazing, um, she is an encyclopedia of historical okay. knowledge, unrivaled. Learning a lot, Kara. I'm learning a lot. Okay, great. Anything else you want to add? We got the hours, we got everything. I'm going to bring my wife in, let her know how lucky she is uh, going through the uh, 20, being 20 and in the 20s. Uh, is there any admission or anything? Is it part nope. of the taxes? Nope. Come. No, nope, right. we do not get any um, city funding. We are entirely private. We are funded through membership and donors. Um, and donors, and, okay. Yeah, and we have been um, very lucky to have some um, loyal and very gracious donors out of our communities. Um, they have been a stalwart to keeping us open and keeping us thriving. I think the only other thing that I would talk about is, so there is the museum, which is super fun. And we have 20 to 30 lectures a year that really, most of them free right now, that really yeah. help you sort of understand all sorts of aspects of personal history. You can learn about genealogy, you can learn about medical history, you can learn about community history. We have this whole series we're starting called If These Walls Could Talk that's on individual house stories, sort of the background of who lived there and why was it built and how has it changed over time. Um, the first one was incredibly popular um, on that lecture. Um, some of them are virtual, some of them will be on site. But the second part of our museum is that we do have this free archive. And if you wanna write a historical fiction novel, if you wanna research your family, you wanna research your house, you can book an appointment and we will set up a research carol for you and provide you with the information. And we've had a young woman who is writing a pilot for a TV show on 1941 Lake Forest spend some time with us. Um, there is a woman who is researching the Ginevra King story who spent a week with us uh, last summer, two summers ago. We get a lot of house requests. We get a lot of genealogy requests. So it's an untapped resource that a lot of people don't know about that is a big part of why we exist. Oh, very cool. Did not know that either. Good thing I'm taking notes here, Carol. I have to go back and make sure we get it all jotted down. I was going to say, for anybody who's new to the community, if you join, one of the things we do is give you a tour. You get a tour of the museum, you get a tour of the archives, you start to learn about what the assets are that we are able to give you as a member. And then I'll put the donation link on, on the podcast too. We got to keep the coffers going there, right? Because we, we got to uh, we we get those doors fixed. Oh, Carol, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. This has been a joy. You, you'll be back. We'll be back. Hopefully you'll pick up the phone when I call. Always. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for listening to the Lake Forest Podcast. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you'd like to hear about in the upcoming shows. 
Again, I'm Pete, and can be reached at Pete at LakeForestPodcast.com. The link will be on the podcast notes below. On behalf of my traveling co-host, Scoo Walker, who's somewhere in Cincinnati looking for gas, we thank you for listening. Cue the band. Cue the band.